It's Tommy West Coast Rob, man. And welcome to my podcast, You Bitch. The thoughts, views, and opinions you may hear on this show are just that. My thoughts, my views, my opinions. So if you don't like them, disagree with them, or are offended by them, well, there's a simple solution to all that, and that's just stop listening. But... If you aren't easily offended and you care to partake in the conversation, we'll sit back, turn it up, and enjoy the show. Yeah, that. With summer in full swing, and you out there at the pools and the beaches, showing off the bod, showing off the fly swimsuits, you need a fly pair of shades to go along with that and just set the bar extra high. So check out BlendersEyewear.com for some of the flyest, most affordable shades out there on the market. Blenders Eyewear delivers the world's coolest and most affordable eyewear that inspires people to live life in forward motion. Made in my hometown of San Diego, California. Go out there and support local businesses and small businesses. So check out BlendersEyewear.com. Use promo code WESTCOASTROB. That's one word. And save you some money. BlendersEyewear.com. Promo code WESTCOASTROB. Yeah, that. You are now listening to Yad at the Podcast, hosted by West Coast Rob. Well, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Yad at the Podcast, hosted by yours truly, West Coast Rob. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in again. Back with another episode. This is, uh, I don't know, I lost track. Episode 13, episode uh, episode 4, season 2, episode 5, I don't know. But it doesn't matter. We're rolling. That's all that matters. So thank you again for tuning in to the homie show. Yeah, that, I appreciate you as always. So last episode we spoke on the Shakiri Richardson incident um for those of you who don't know Shakiri Richardson is she's a uh sprinter a track and field sprinter she's a beast beast and uh you know she's she was odds on favorite to win gold at the Olympics however after the trials after she slayed the trials drug test results came back and she popped positive on the drug test therefore disqualifying her from running in the olympics so the previous episode we spoke about her situation and just the ignorance and hypocrisy that that correlates with the decision making more so from the fans and you know just the the fans of the sport and just the everyday people like you and I, you know, how people feel in regards to the disqualification of her, of uh, Shakari and just the reactions that people gave and their opinions and their thoughts behind the whole thing. And we just, I mean, we spoke about ignorance and hypocrisy and how you can't be about uh, not in favor for the decision that the Olympic Committee made in this aspect however when it comes to something else 
you're on the other side. Like, I mean, you gotta, you gotta stand by yourself, stand by your morals, no matter what the situation. So we just covered hypocrisy, ignorance, um, in, in regards to, to that and just other shit. So if you're interested in that, please tune in if you haven't already. And if you have, thank you very much. Yeah, that I appreciate you so much love. But today's episode, man, we got a dope one today. We got a dope guest. I've been trying to get this dude on for a while. Um, we were we were talking about it prior to um, prior to the break I took earlier in the year. But you know, it's just times times didn't work out, and uh, now the time was right. So got him on, Mr. Jackson Wheeler, adult film star, you know, entrepreneur, you know. All around good guy, man. I mean, I, we had a, a good little conversation. I learned a lot about not only the the adult film industry, how it works, you know, the type of people in it. Just, you know, it's you learned a lot. Well, I learned a lot talking to him, and you'll learn a lot as well. So please tune into that. Um, Jackson talks about you know his upbringing, you know where he where he came from, what what. Um, brought him to the adult film industry and so on and so forth so if you're eager to hear what the man has to say then please partake and please turn it up and tune in i would greatly appreciate that yeah that and also if you want to see um see the interview it'll be uploaded on the youtube channel as well so i'll put the youtube link down there in the description and like always, man, please make sure you you comment, you rate, subscribe, like, whatever. Just do what you do. You know what I'm saying? It helps me um, helps me understand what you guys are really feeling and gals are feeling out there. You know what topics um, and types of guests or whatever. So it really helps me distinguish the type of content to to put out on the podcast. So pre- please, please, please. If you could like, comment, you know, subscribe, rate it, the whole nine. So without further ado, and um, sit back and enjoy the episode with my guest, Jackson Wheeler. And I'll catch you on the back end. Yeah, that. All right, all right. Thank you guys for another, uh, for tuning into another episode. Today's a special episode. We got. The one and only Jackson Wheeler as our guest today. You know, I, I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule, my man. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Thank hey, you. I, pre- I appreciate that. Now, if you don't mind, would you please introduce yourself to those who aren't familiar with you? So I'm Jackson Wheeler. Uh, I've been in the adult entertainment industry for over 10 years. Uh, started when I was 19 as a stripper and just, uh, you know, things just kind of progressed they just kept progressing and uh probably wasn't about five years into my porn career until i decided to take my name and really make it a platform you know to give myself a voice or to uh try to take what i was doing or how i was affecting people or influencing people and try to like create a clear message with it or create a treat uh create more of a um inclusive community or anything you know i mean if you want to be someone your two best platforms are music 
and sex. Of course. Of course. So, People love both. I got one down. I'm working on the other. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll get into all that. I see you have music videos and all that stuff. We'll get into all that. So uh, before we, we dive into like your career, a little bit about your background, if you don't mind, covering like where you're from, how old you are. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm originally from Central Florida. Okay. And uh, family moved me to Maine when I was 10. Oh, wow. Culture Went shock. to grade school there. Yeah, I know. It was... It was I was I was glad to leave when I was done. <laughs> so I, I started gravitating south after high school from like central Maine, southern Maine, New Hampshire. Spent oh, wow. a few years in Boston. Then uh, 2012, spent five years in Vegas, okay. and uh, came back to Central Florida about four years ago. Okay, what part of uh, Central Florida, Orlando? Now I'm originally from like the Daytona area. Okay, okay. My sister lives there right now, actually. Yeah, it's, you know, I mean, back in the 90s, you had everything going on in Daytona, spring break, MTV, yeah. Yeah. you know, it was a very uh, happening area. Now it's a very crime-ridden area. Yeah. But <laughs> Yeah, trust, I know yeah. all about it. Now for me, it's like Tampa and Orlando. Yeah. Okay, all right. So you mentioned you were stripping. So what what got you into, into stripping? <laughs> I mean, like, I grew up around a semi-nudist family. Okay. Right? So, like, nudity was nothing to really think or care too much about. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of grew up as a decathlete, so I didn't look bad naked. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, what happened one day is a coworker had approached me when I was 19 and asked me if I'd be interested in being a bouncer for mm -hmm. private female strip shows. Okay. And uh, uh, living in a small town of Maine at the time, I said yes to any job that wasn't practical. Right, right. And uh, on my way to meet the owner, she asked if I would be interested in modeling, if I would be interested in stripping. And then when I got there, she asked me if I would be interested in making a porno. Damn. So all this is in Maine? All that happened in one day in Maine. Holy shit. Okay. That's what's up. So how was it? So my my how, first porn experience technically was with the owner, three other women. Dang, man. You know, you that's a life that guys dream of right there. You know? Yeah, and I and the way I handled it, <laughs> first off, I got drunk as shit. I got I drank so much vodka, it was not good. <laughs> and then uh I had just started dating my my first son's mother at the time. Uh-huh. She wasn't pregnant yet, but I still felt like a moral, like I still felt like I had morals at the time and I felt bad for being there yeah. and not telling her. So what I thought was much better after I drank a little bit was that, okay, if I don't fuck them, I'm okay. Okay. So what I did instead was I made out with one, ate out another, and then came on the owner's chest. Oh, right on. Okay. <laughs> to me, that was a lot. You know what I mean? Like, I could have dicked them down, but I didn't. Right, right. Okay. And we're already there to shoot something, so I just can't yeah. be the one lone dick and be like, no, we're not doing this. So how much did you get paid for that? Oh, that was for free. Oh, my man. Okay. So your first <laughs> film was, was, was for free. Oh, yeah. And I don't even think it went anywhere. Like, I don't, I've never seen that film. Okay. So 
how was how was high school for you? Were you like that that outgoing guy? Were you kind of shy or was? I stayed to myself. Okay, so you're just shy. You kind of came out of your shell after high school. No, I wasn't shy. No, no. I had I just um, I knew that I was not going to be interacting with most of the people I was going to high school with after high yeah. school. Right. So I didn't care. Okay. So then it's like I I need like I need to do me. I need to focus on me during these four years because mm-hmm. none of y'all have anything to do with the life I want to have. Right. Now it was so it was like. That. Go ahead, I go ahead. carried myself. I carried myself with confidence, mm-hmm. and that pissed off a lot of people, because it wasn't necessarily. I thought I was better than anybody. I just saw so many people wasting their time. I saw so many gifted people fucking up their potential by partying too early, yeah. or spending it with other kids that had no interest in their future, and it would fuck it up for them. So okay. I just like I was like I was like okay I got moved to Maine when I was ten I want the fuck out of here I don't want anything to do with this kind of life that's mediocrity right I was like I can't be fucking with y'all because it's you're just you're if I fuck with y'all I'm gonna end up just like y'all okay so what was so what were your like aspirations and stuff in high school to to graduate and just go back to Florida or no no I was just trying to honestly I was training to be a decathlete okay okay. So my life was pretty much just training to be great in track and field. Okay. So track and field, and then went from Fo- football to stay in shape. Of course, track of course. and field. Um, but I mean, my life was just sports and just technique work and just the training aspect and just learning about it and investing in myself enough so I can carry myself out of whatever situation that I'm in. Yeah, of course. Of course. That's that ticket. Right. Okay. So, you know, like people respected me. Yeah. I would say I was not Mr. Popular. Everybody knew who I was and I had a lot of respect of the right people, mm-hmm. but I was just one of those people. I was honest. I was just like, you know, I would tell people like, look, you're fucking up. You're fucking up. You're going to go nowhere. You're going to go nowhere. If you keep doing this shit, Right. Okay. You know, I, like it was just—I was like one of those kids on the football team. I'm like, guys, we fucking suck. You know why? I know why we suck? Because you're a bunch of lazy pieces of shit. <laughs> and every other school is out training you guys. I can't be the only one busting my ass. Yeah. You know what just I mean? Like, it was, like it's all right. And that's why I like track and field because my teammates couldn't affect my individual performance. Right. That's good. So. Good. Hell yeah, I was just that good. guy. I would help anybody. I would help anybody. But I was just that guy that just like, you know, I don't need to be a part of your crew. I don't need to be a part of your clique. I, I don't need any of it because where I'm going has nothing to do with that shit. Okay. So where did it, where did those, uh, the Catholic like aspirations kind of go get out of the picture when you started doing your adult film stuff? No, no. Are you, you're probably what, in your thirties as well? Yeah, I'm 36. Are you a sports guy at all? Hell yeah. My whole life. So you remember ESPN back in the day? They would play like um, Beyond the Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'd like watch your favorite athlete. They would tell you like how they like yep. grew up, blah, 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 blah. So I watched one on Walter Payne. I watched one on Lance Armstrong. Mm-hmm. And this was when I was 10 years old. And like and this was like when I got moved to Maine. I had a lot of bad things going on for me. And uh, I watched those two, and I saw what they were at their, you know, their prime of their careers. Right. But the two correlations that Lance and Walter both had, honestly, was just that they started off training like professional athletes at a young age. Okay. You know, like Walter's dad had him busting his ass on hills as a kid. Yeah. 
You know, like you, you try to tell a normal kid, hey, let's go work out, and they're going to bitch, they're going to moan, they're going to cry and pretend like they're injured before you can get them to break a sweat now. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah. You know, like to think of a kid sprinting hills at six years old, come on. What are the kids – like that kid's going to dominate any other six-year-old just because of the training aspect alone. Yeah. And then, you know, Lance was doing freaking um, biathlons at seven years old. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ah, like, that's insane. So at ten years old, I was like thinking, like, oh my god, I do not want to grow up here. Like none of these, none of these people are happy. None of these people are doing anything. I was just like, I started late. I was like, I have no parental like influence telling me I should do this or that. I was like, I got to do something for myself. I found athletics. I just dove into it, and I knew I had to cut off anything and everything that did not add or get me closer to what my goals were. Right. Like I just, I just, yeah. I just knew. Like I didn't want anything to do with like uh, the life that I had. Like I was on pace to be a juvenile delinquent because I had like a really, really shitty childhood. Like just physical abuse, mental abuse, a lot of other shit like economics and things like that. So I was just on a bad path. So when I found it, and I realized, like I just latched to it, and I was just like anything that does not support this. I don't care if it's friends, blood anything like this is my fucking life i'm going to take control of it and i'm going to get to where i want to go regardless of what anybody says to me okay so sports kind of saved your life then essentially it was like you know learning learning to live for something like you know but also what i found was i think the most important lesson that i learned in like the time that i put in the and just seeing the improvements that i made and like the level that i got to was really stupid Mm-hmm. And then I had a back injury when I was 21, and ah. um, it's been I'm in fuck since then. Okay. But I'm someone when I weighed 155 pounds, I had a 500 pound squat. Damn. Okay. Like I just I, I would run up hills with 300 pound linemen on my back. Damn. Like I was just I trained and I trained and I did everything that just supported that, and just so. But what I learned is is just having faith in yourself. Yeah through everything like if you want something you can't give up on it yeah like you're going to have hurdles you're going to have your most closest people to you question it you're going to have the world throw you shit that's going to make you think i really shouldn't be maybe doing this right but it's at those times when you actually double down and just stick to the process that like you, you you find yourself living life in a way that other people are now envious of that's true because you have to go out and you have to risk and you have to sacrifice but at the end of the day what you learn is is when you just keep believing in yourself that if you just do instead of ask why or what could be or what could have if you just accept things for what they are in the moment and just react as you know as your as your intelligence has collectively led you to act you know if you have a good goal right you have like certain patterns that you follow if there's a problem there's like certain solutions depending on what right. you're doing right, right. that you deal with every day yeah so it's like when you get hit in the face don't become overwhelmed trust your process that's good shit right there eliminate stress cut it out and you'll find that you know the the more you, you dedicate yourself to something and the more you withstand anybody trying to tear you away from it, the sweeter the reward is around the corner. Oh, yeah. The bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. Mm-hmm. That's right. 
Okay. So you mm. sounds like you you were a high like profile, high level athlete until around twenty one when you suffered your back injury. So that was in college? No, I was walking downstairs just to get a yogurt one morning. Ah, uh, of course. That's how it always happens. Some freak accident. I just slipped on I just slipped on the step, fell flat on my ass, and ruptured my L five. Oh my goodness. So were you competing collegially at the time prior to? Uh so the plan for me out of high school, because the only the only thing that sucks for me is I'm five eight. Okay. Being a decathlete at the Olympic level, the hurdles um, really fuck me because of the height. Right, 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 right. And just the, the physics of it. Yeah. So I figured I was going to go to community college for a year, get my, actually give a shit about my grades for a moment, and then transfer to like a D1 school, like El Paso. Yeah. yeah. Okay, UTEP. And just become a starter by my second year as a corner or, or safety. Yeah, yeah. UTEP. Yeah, that yeah. was going to be the plan. But I had like a nagging knee injury that um, I never took time to figure out what it was. And uh, by time I was dealing with, it was a re really bad winter. So we had like a lot of canceled classes. And uh, I just wasn't in the mind frame for it. And I was just like, you know what? Before I just rack up a bunch of student fucking debt here, yeah. I was like, I'm just going to just drop myself out. And... Uh, I was actually, the fucked up thing is, is a week before I ruptured my disc, I was in the process of, I was going to start training for MMA. Oh, shit. Okay. I had just moved to New Hampshire, and I actually met a guy at the gym who was doing professional fighting. He had invited me over to his house to start training with him. Yeah. And a week later, I ruptured my disc. Fuck. Man. So how, how long was the healing process? It took me six months to be able to bend at the waist. God damn. Okay. So like I ruptured it the night before. I went to the gym the next day. I did squats. I warmed up with 315 for with three sets of 15. Like mm -hmm. it was nothing. Yeah. And then I went to do my leg extensions. I extended my right leg like it's nothing because I do single legs to start. Yeah. Just same. so just each same. leg can. Yeah. And then I went to extend my left leg and um, it, it just wouldn't, it just would not go. And I'm sitting there like, and my quads are powerful, so I'm like, I'm like trying to like squeeze these motherfuckers. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. No, like the gel had protruded onto my left sciatic nerve, and then for the next six months, I I could not. This was my this was my waist. I could not bend more than that. Oh. Without shit. like like without like almost tears coming down my eye because like it was just I couldn't. So like every day trying to put on like shoes to go to work. Yeah. Like agony. Like if I didn't have a son at like on the way at the time, I would have. Damn, man. Well, good thing. Good thing that didn't happen. Yeah. You know, good thing that didn't happen. So, so after. Okay, so you're going through that process right now. The your your injury can't bend at the waist. Are you? What were you doing it like as your occupation then? So I have a sales background. When I lived in Maine, I did a lot of like telephone sales, inbound, outbound, uh, outbound um, door to door stuff. I tried a whole bunch of different things, yeah. but my background was just sales. Okay. And then after high school, I dipped into personal training, which was just natural since right. I've been doing it right. since I was like 14 Athlete. anyway. Yep. It was just a natural move. Um, and then I was living in Boston. Uh, I, was, I was a trainer in Boston right before I got into the adult industry. Okay. And 
the funny thing is, is when I was a kid, uh, you know, they ask you in school, like, what are your aspirations? Right. And my top three was Olympian, okay. porn star, ah. business management. Okay. <laughs> in that order? I, I, yes. I, try, I tried to fly, to, you know, I tried to fly close to the sun with the Olympian thing. You know, like, okay. I don't know. Like for, I, I don't know if anybody's ever, like, had real aspirations of wanting to be that before and actually yeah. being, like, knowing you're physically capable of being possibly within the realm. Yeah. It's I don't know. It's just like one of those life goals that no one could ever take away from you, right? Right, of course. It's like if you're a music producer and you got a Grammy or some shit. It's the same thing. Yeah. Um. So you know, I got close, but oh well. Next, <laughs> next endeavor, <laughs> I crushed it. So how the how the uh, the teacher or whomever react to that answer, the porn star answer. I honestly can't remember, but I'm pretty sure I was probably talked to. Hey man, you're just being truthful though, you know? I was being truthful. It was it was Yeah, it was a beautiful time. So your second goal, you got to you got to uh fulfill your second goal. How did you end up starting that? You did your first film in Maine where you weren't really into it. How did you actually Oh, I was start into it. I just felt bad. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, you know, trust me, I was into it. <laughs> so, okay, another so another thing about me is, uh, you know, I, I really grew up constantly being uh, ostracized for a lot of different reasons yeah. and uh, outcasted and not ever really accepted by most communities that my family would move into for ex ex existential things that I wasn't aware of as a child. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not aware of like how communities talk about each oh, other yeah, and how no, no, not at all people treat, treat the families and it's it's sick, really. Yeah. Um, so I grew up dealing with a lot of that. And when I was doing the stripping, I had recommended to the company that we stop, not stop, but we also offer like the male to male services for the stripping as well. Because I'd done dancing for women. Mm -hmm. It was fun blah 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 but at the end of the night I stepped out of the door to work so that means when I come home I need money that equals something that's worth working for right you know, if I just want to get my dick sucked I can just go get my dick sucked I don't have to reserve hours that I need to be working to pay my bills right right, right. so you know dancing for women was fun but it it was not it just wasn't really pain yeah, financially so benefit wasn't there. Right. And and I'm somebody who's always been like comfortable with my own sexuality. Yeah. Like I have to explain how I am to people all the damn time, but it it's I don't really give a shit. Like nobody has to be like yeah, for me real. or you're you. It, it, I don't ever I've never asked anybody in my life what their sexual preference is in yeah. my life. And so I recommended that we dance male for male and it was a smash success for them. You know that the the LGBT community has always, in my opinion, just been more warming and opening and accepting uh, than what I call the mainstream. Yeah, which is made up of predominantly straight people. Of course, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. So they're very hypocritical. They're very uh, judgmental. They're very two faced. Uh, you know, it's the corporate world. It's all that bullshit. It's all it's all fake. Yeah. 
You know, because if everybody knew everything about everyone, they would destroy everything anyways. Of course. So it's like who can keep their secrets the best. Right. So I recommended we did that. It was a success. Like, I love the community. I, I, you know, I love the vibe of the people. Like, I'm not uh, – on the bi spectrum, I'm really not in my day-to-day life attracted to men. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and especially, like, the more masculine a dude is, the less attractive that I find him. Okay. You like the more feminine? If I were to. Yeah, right. Okay. And for me to be able to be in the mood to be attracted to a guy – um, it has to be a true, it has to be like an actual bisexual experience. Okay. Like I'm not, I'm not generally, I'm not, I'm just not in that space with guys unless there's also a, a female present. Okay. Uh, you know, I, the, the only exception is, you know, my, my trans friends, mm-hmm. but it's mainly cause like, you know, they hit on all the, on all like the visual, the, the, the auditory, the, the feel, uh, it's so, I, I could say like, you know, if I'm hanging out with my, my, my trans female friends that something more organically could happen that way. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but sense. as a, but if someone's just a presentable man, um, you're like a bro to me. Right. So when you, when you did a film where it was male, male, how do you like mentally prepare for that? So, you know, like if you're ever on a porn set of one of those, you'd mm-hmm. see some guys on their phone. You might see um, one or two models maybe going off by themselves or, or interacting with each other. I just go inside my head mm-hmm. and I find a scenario that works for me for the day. You know, I start just creating yeah. fantasies in my yeah. head. And they have nothing to do with what's going on around me. Okay, They're damn. just my own like spank bank that I'm creating, and I'll yeah. just find, I'll just hit on something that I really really want to do, and I'll just imagine someone, and I'll just start walking through it in my head, and then I'll get to the point that really just you know kind of turns me on, and I'll just hone in on that. Damn, that takes some mental fortitude because you have to, you have to hone I'm in on that. The director, I'm ignoring the other models around me, yeah, and I'm just, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'm just like that. Because you have to hone in on that, and then you have to do the scene and act and all that stuff at the same time. I mean, kudos to you for that, man. For real. For real. You know what I mean? Like it's and so it's like you know a lot of people like to make a big stink the fact that I'm not gay and yeah. I've done gay porn. It's like, but what they don't understand about the industry though is another thing why I didn't start doing straight porn first is because I would get paid like three hundred, four hundred dollars a yeah. scene. Mm-hmm. Um, working male for male, I was getting paid three thousand to thirty-five to four thousand for the same or less work. Right. Yeah, I heard that. I heard there's more. There's predominantly more heterosexual males doing gay porn than there are. Yeah, I mean it's like because at the end of the day, we're all still in the same adult industry. We all still do the same testing. Yeah. And any female that's not ignorant to the education of STDs and, and and just sexual health really has no reason to be prejudiced against a male that does gay porn as well if they're bi or straight or whatever their reason is. Yeah. Because we literally all do the same test. Okay. For and I seen. know for a fact that the females in the porn side and their personal lives mm-hmm. are just as big as sex workers and sluts 
as the males are. The only difference is, is the mainstream is getting to form the opinions of what is gross or not gross. Yeah, that's true, the consumer. You, so like how many straight kissing things you see all around you, and the moment you see a female female or male male kiss, we there's there's talk about it, right? Like it, like even it has to be talked about. Dang, that is crazy, man. So another thing too that nobody understands or realizes: the moment a guy does gay porn or bi porn or trans porn, uh, I don't know, they may have lacks on the trans porn. Your titty wasn't out, right? So what is that nobody nobody cares to talk about is like okay like a guy like me the moment I do one gay scene I'm blacklisted from all the straight studios yeah that is crazy That's not because crazy. of character not because there's anything wrong with me not because, because I'm doing anything unethical literally because of homophobia That's fucking crazy man even nowadays so that, huh even nowadays. That's crazy. As much as they can. As much as they can. Listen, corporate doesn't care about you. They're just a chameleon to make sure they keep making money. It's kind of like all these corporations giving a shit about pride during June. They're yeah. just trying to get your money. They're just of trying course. to get you to buy their rainbow shit. Yeah, of course. That's You know what I mean? Yeah. So the straight side is only going to say what they need to say to make it appear like they're not the bad guy. They'll do they'll do as little as they need to to get away with it. It's like it's like uh, the United States making Juneteenth a thing, but not yeah. doing anything about civil rights or police immunity or you know. Yeah. But they, yeah. they, they get Juneteenth two years after Asians get hit get attacked for two weeks and they pass an Asian hate bill. You know what I mean? It's just like yeah. you know, it's like, mm. of course. So the straight side and how they act is. Uh, you know, I've always been vocal against them. Uh, I've always been vocal against the agents and how they lead the females through the industry. It's very racist. It's very prejudiced and it's very homophobic. Um, you know, like a female, when they get in, what they'll typically try to do for a girl is they'll, they'll coach them through their career because the straight side has like a formula for models of how they're going to milk their image. Right. Right. Because that's how they view each model as, as a product or a brand, yeah. right? Yeah. So corporate America. Um, so a girl, their typical career will go solo, 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 solo until the sales start dipping. Girl, 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 sales. Girl, boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, sales dip. Fetish, fetish. The last thing they tell them that they can do is work with black models. Wow. They tell them that is at the tail end of your career. And that is when you will start going downhill. Dang, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. that, is, that is crazy. Was there any, like, any time where you felt like you were just tired of all the BS in the industry? Just From the very beginning. And you know what? And I, I stayed, I, I patiently waited until I had, I felt like I had clout enough. Yeah. To start, you know, grabbing my balls. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but I was doing it from the get-go. Every interview I got, I was I was pushing it out there. I was leaking it out there. You know, I was letting them know what the straight side was doing, like how they're just bullshitters and con artists, and just like these white dudes are just fucking evil. Yeah. Like, um, you know. And then what had happened is at about the peak of my career, 
we were starting the the crossover models the the buy ones of us were starting to push into acceptance like at the peak of my career we had a lot of things go down in the adult entertainment industry one of the things was um fat shaming was a big thing that we were tired of at the a i don't know if you know what avns are oh yeah of course they would make the bbw models walk a separate red carpet wow like if you don't think that doesn't make them feel like Oh, not, yeah, of course. You know what I mean? Like, so like, there's a lot of things like that. The fat shaming, the homophobia, the transphobia, like we attacked hard. Yeah. And you, you had people like me, you had people like Lance Hart, you had people like uh, my late best friend, Alexander Gustavo. You had a lot of us like good guys, good, attractable guys, respectable, consent culture, just pushing forward, pushing forward, getting seen more. You know, the female models absolutely loved us because A, um, we tend to just be more secure about ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, B, generally, the gay models and the bi models are far more attractive than the straight males. Because mm-hmm. what nobody realizes is when they hire males, generally within the straight porn, it's all within like a click of friends. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's like their pussy train. Oh, okay. They don't want you fucking with it either. Really? So it's really, it's really click oriented. Yes. Okay. So much so. That's why you always see like, oh yeah, it's why you always see the ugliest motherfucker. <laughs> and that's true they're though. Friends. That's true. They're friends. they're friends or they did something for the person who owns the studio. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's like that. Yeah. Trust me, the females, like the ones that are educated and, and do their research. Cause again, the, the models, agents will let them know like don't don't hang around crossovers don't hang you know don't do anything with people that have done male on male work before because it's going to do this to your career and that to your career the fans don't give a shit yeah they don't give a shit like if if if, uh if the number one straight female did a scene with me right now the last thing the fans are going to give a shit to do is to look up my fucking career right and even, if they, and even if they did, they don't really give a shit because they're her. You know what I mean? Like if they're straight, they're looking yeah. at her anyways. Yeah. And then the ones that are watching it because they just want to see me fucked. Well, the, my fans already know that I'm just who the fuck I am and don't exactly. give a shit. And that's why they're watching it. Exactly. Yeah. But it's this 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 industry is just uh, it's so toxic. It really is. Uh, and uh, another thing that we try to address and. I don't think they hit it hard enough is the mental health issue in the industry. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, another, another thing you'll, if you ever pay attention to the industry is you'll always hear about the females that kill themselves, the females, when the gay models, bisexual models and trans models are committing suicide at a much higher rate. That's crazy. That's crazy. We don't hardly get any coverage. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like that's my entire career. What I kind of used it for was a platform. I it's like, I'm a very opinionated person. Uh, you know, I've always been supportive of the LGBT movement and just human rights in general. So I bided my time, I built, stayed professional. And then when I felt like it was about time to kind of rise up and take a leadership role, that's what I did. But then I found myself with like the face of the straight industry mm-hmm. and an issue, uh, uh, an issue, an opportunity for them presented itself, 
and I within my fashion of being too opinionated said something I shouldn't have said and for an issue that should have been about mental health because of my comment it was able to be taken from that and just placed solely upon my shoulders being the crossover model yeah bisexual performer muscle bound dude type it, it was just yeah so I've dealt with them still dealing with them and uh yeah I yeah I read a, I read a little bit about that in your in your bio on your website when I was reading about your book how they kind of blackballed you because of, oh yeah because of your stances and, and if you ask like a lot of models that are my friends like even like they'll say like they <laughs> there's a lot more to it because even they're like I, I've never really seen them like go so hard on somebody when there was so many other people that said so much worse did so much worse you know what I mean yeah. also the fact that the reason why they went after me was proven to be irrelevant right so then why still harp on me why still stay on me well because if you allow me to come back up I'm going to raise the issue the real issue mm -hmm. and I'm going to make the mainstream look at itself in the mirror and see the piece of shit for it really is and expose it tear it down if I can and uh let the models rebuild the shit. So would the would you say like the black ball the blackballing in like the mainstream industry kinda affected your your platform or whatnot? Or are you still able no. to do what you do? No, they so in their all their piss and rage and vinegar were not able to do anything to my platform other than uh, affect studios from hiring me. Okay. My platform was still there. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I I had ninety thousand people on Twitter about three years ago, almost, and then I made a comment towards Kylie Jenner and got myself banned on Twitter. Oh, you don't talk about the the royal family. I know, right? Get out of here. Well, that's what happened to Twitter. Yeah. And once you're banned on Twitter, you're banned. Like, don't matter. Like, I could I can create a company just because I own the company. It's banned from Twitter. That's crazy. So that platform left, not because of that, just because I, I called some bullshit out. Mm. And then I was at like 90,000 on Instagram, and because they don't like sex workers, I had a picture in some boxers for Christmas, and I got banned for sexual something. Man, how much shit you see on IG in regards to like women and being scantily clad that's crazy man the double standards and yeah. shit that in our society yeah, and the fact that playboy has a page that's crazy you know like, isn't that not just sexual in nature in itself like shut the fuck i was like <laughs> it's crazy Ugh. it's like if two girls in one cup had a page like what like <laughs> so you so what how do you do it nowadays do you work with a studio you have your own studio or is this mainly I, your I, website? Do, I mean I'm fortunate as of right now that because of how, like when I was at my peak, like the studio, you know, like the studios were the ones spending their money for the marketing, right? Yeah. So essentially like instead of being just a solo independent produce, like producing my own content, doing contracted work with all these different studios, 
you know, my image is getting pushed around with their multi-million dollar marketing budgets that I can't fucking touch. Right. So over 10 years, that got me a lot of exposure. So at, at this point, I'm still able to comfortably sit and just make, you know, like enough people know who I am that enough finds me to make what I need to do for myself. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. You know, like you know, the OnlyFans helps. I do have my IG back up and and building. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have a Facebook. I'm not really too. I didn't do a little whole lot of effort to like separate people knowing who I really am from my porn name. Right. Your stage name. So, but I, I mean, I have the Jackson Wheeler page on my Facebook, but it's there's a lot of crossover between like some of my fans and supporters and my private shit just because. You know, Jackson Wheeler is like the vehicle for the bigger platform, but who I am still individually, it's not like I put on a, a show or right. a, a facade. Right. Some, some of what I do is role playing and some of what I do is for the act of the character, mm -hmm. but the general just feeling of like who I am and how I am is just me. That's good. That's good. So explain Dom game. What's, 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 what's Dom game? So everybody assumed when I first came out to it that it was just purely sexual and, you know, can't say I blame them. It's not like I would lead you to think anything else from my career. Mm -hmm. But what it really is, um, you know, like I said, towards the end of my career, not the end of my career, I'm still in it. Towards the end of, like, before all the shit went down, um, you know, I was a huge advocate for models. Uh, whether it was making sure they're treated fairly, they treat each other fairly, um, the people coming in, you know, did things with etiquette uh, and ethics. Um, I created Dom Gang because I wanted to help influence like the younger generation of males. So I wanted to create a network of dominant more natural I don't like to use the word alpha sometimes but just I wouldn't say leaders are born I'd say leaders are made okay. some of us some of us come into our own at different times yeah I agree you know it's literally there's no prerequisite for it right I agree so I want to create like a network of individuals that are self-aware enough that they're able to help other people that seek it or need okay. it. Um, and I feel BDSM and a lot of the stuff that the lifestyle has to offer beyond the sex, uh, you know, it's like a tool. It's like the Bible or anything else you try to use to get people to comprehend and learn about themselves or certain lessons in life. I feel like BDSM is a great tool to use to help individuals out of a lot of trauma, um, to help them understand things about themselves, to empower them, and it leads to a you know not just a better necessarily sex life, just a better quality of life. Okay, is that a genre you've always like dabbled in, or is it something that you're kind of new to? Um, like life BDSM. coaching? No BDSM. No, no BDSM. I've been involved in BDSM for over ten years. Uh, okay. It just all kind of went together. Uh, I just, um, yeah, I've just always been sort of around it, I guess. Okay. What about life coaching? Life coaching that started early too. 
Because again, I I took control of myself when I was ten. Okay. And I just made a decision for myself, and it, it like it, you literally would have been like, "What the fuck? Who's telling you to do this?" Like yeah, like so you just grew up fast on your own. Yeah, because I just realized some things. I was like, "Damn, I want to be great too." I was like, yeah. "I don't, I don't want to be stuck here." I don't want to fucking be in my 40s and sad that I didn't leave. I didn't want to, like, try and not try for something. Like, I would rather, I'd rather like, go for something and, and make the attempt and know that I went for it than just to be like, oof, uh, that'd make me uncomfortable. Maybe I, maybe I just better not. Because what if you do and it happens for you? Right. You know, you never know. You have to keep taking chances. You know, it's you, you haven't failed until you quit. That's right. That's right, man. People can learn a lot from you, man. Just one person. Hey. But if I can just put it out there, you know, openly and honestly, and people can see that um, I did not come from success. I did not come from popularity. I didn't come from having it easy. I didn't come from people liking me. Uh, and yet still here I am because I want to be. There you go. So with you being in the industry, does your work come home? Or like, do you differentiate the two? Like, is it is it, it always like sex, 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 or whatever? Or does it just depends on what home is. Home for you. So, What's home for you? So it's it, it, and when I say that, so I have I have kids. Okay. Um, during the periods of my career when my kids lived with me, no nothing came home okay and uh you know just because that's how it had to be right of course you know you know kids are more important than anything that's right and uh you know their environment's more important than anything and a, a stable environment's important so they have routine and can uh, learn efficiently and grow and be and stable um the t- and then the times where my kids aren't living with me um my career doesn't ever stop unless I take time away from it. Okay. So if I don't have my kids with me in my home and my home is separate from theirs, you know, when I go home, it all depends on what's going on. So you don't, is there, are there ever those days, say when you're by yourself without your kids, you ever come home and just don't want to do anything Oh, fuck it. That's what video games are for. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I decompress. I dive into my video games and I just allow my mind just like really get like sucked into something else. So I can just like not think about just the like, because I do everything myself too. Yeah. I've never had a manager. I've never had an agent. Um, So like, you know, my whole entire schedule, everything that is to happen, everything that has to be followed up upon, everything like the, the checklist never ends. Damn, so when I can just zone out of that for a moment and just let my brain calm down and just focus on something really not too important but just semi-challenging, yeah, like that's that's my go. Excuse me, that's been my go-to for years. Okay, right. it's like a role-playing game or a shooter. Okay, so when you have a part, when you have when you're in a relationship, is it hard for you to watch your partner if they're involved? And before you get in a relationship, do you let them know like, hey, this is what I do? But for the most part, they probably already know who you are. But, um, so 
I will say I'm not big on on really ever watching. If I'm with somebody, mm-hmm. if I'm with somebody that I care about, yeah. I don't really care to like. Okay, here's the difference. If we're in person and we're all doing something together, it's just there within the visual. It happens. I'm not looking like I like I like I've had girls in the past like mistaken think that like oh you you want to watch I'm like no actually yeah. no if I'm in the fucking room I'm interacting if I'm not interacting something's wrong <laughs> uh, but I don't ever care to receive videos of somebody I'm with fucking somebody else like I don't right, um, of course and if, if they are in the industry I'm not gonna watch that shit okay. Uh, just there's so much other other shit to watch. Yeah, true. Uh, and as far as people being aware of who I am, uh, yeah, I'd say for the past six plus years, anybody that I've gone to date, I've just been 100% open with. I mean, as you should have. You should be. But when I first, first got into it, I, I didn't with one. <laughs> I didn't with um, I didn't because mainly I didn't ex- really expect it to go anywhere at first. I, I think you know what I mean. It was yeah. It was supposed this is to early be, on. It was supposed to be just casual, um, and then it got involved. And at the time, I just started, so I wasn't really sure how long I was going to continue doing it. Period. Anyways, right. so it was just uh, it was you know lesson learned the hard way, and then never never put myself in that position again there you go you ever get tired of creating content like create ever like oh, i don't feel like going to the scene to the to maybe the... for the past two years yeah <laughs> <laughs> if you look at my only fans i've been so fucking lazy no it's just i got i'm so used to working uh with a team i'm so used to working with professional studios um so to create anything other than professional quality content just feels like I don't know just slop yeah you know it just doesn't have the same I'm, I'm just like ah and then these like models that just do OnlyFans content they're all just like no I just set something up and fuck I'm just like oh god Christ you have no vision <laughs> oh I'm like because I can get creative with shit like okay I had this kid I worked with Diego Grant he was actually a top model on OnlyFans when he first started because that's the first platform he went on ever uh-huh. So the, all the models that start off on OnlyFans have a much better chance of making a shit ton of money than models like me because I have so much content out there that you can see for free. Right. You don't have to be subscribed to my OnlyFans to see what I look like and what I can do and my right, asshole. Right. And, it's know, out there already. You everything you can think of is already out there. Yeah. So the reason why people sign up for mine is for that personalization and that communication with me. Okay. So I did this one with this kid. And I, I, I told him, I was like, I'm gonna make it look like security footage, right? I was like, I'm gonna take out the audio, so I'm gonna literally coach you through this as we're walking through the scene. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you what we're doing step by step, so it makes it look like I'm beating the shit out of you, and then I fuck you. Yeah. So I set it up in like, you know, a quiet high corner. I like yeah. stacked some shit, put my phone on my shoe, angled it down, so it looked like it was in the <laughs> corner. And I was like, when we went to film it, you know, not know it was going to be black and white, but I knew how I was going to edit it. Yeah. 
So we walked in, I shut the door. I said, okay, I'm gonna pretend to slap you. Just move your head back and forth. You know, and I'm like talking the whole time. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna throw you onto the couch now. I'll just go, blah, blah, blah. And the way it came out, it literally just looked like security footage. Like it looked like you caught me beating the shit out of him and fucking him. Oh, okay. You got a lot of hits off of that? Stuff like that. I had a Christmas one too that was beautifully done. And uh, I don't know where that footage went. But that's just, that's how I like to shoot it. I just, I don't like just. Eh. You ever, like, you ever want to start your own production company or anything like that? Your own studio? Yeah. Yeah. But another thing, too, that I'm, I'm dealing with a, a lot is uh, just the slander um, and defamation still. Yeah. Okay. You know, because I, I, I have, uh, I mean, Christ, I mean, because of the August Ames thing. And then, uh, you know, the way my ex-wife selfishly let, left me and tried to, like, blow up my name and attempt to create yeah. a name for herself to kind yeah, of, like... all that. Because she tried to, like, side herself with the other side. Uh-huh. What's fucked up is I, to- I, I gave her that play. <laughs> before we divorced, before divorce, I was like, you know, I was like, the only thing you really need to do, hon, is if you want a career, is just start bad-mouthing me in interviews and just line yourself with the people that hate me. Oh, and that's exactly I was like, you don't you think did. they would just—they don't think they would just welcome you in just to get dirt on me? Like, yeah, come on, be smarter than that. <laughs> Being condescending and it pay, and it backfired. Oh no, I knew. I, I already knew. Oh okay. I mean, I spoke it into existence. Well, there you go. Well, so Wait, so like, as far as my own production company, it's just hard to put together a team too. Yeah. Like I've been trying to put together a team for so damn long, and it's, you know, it's. Uh, the money that can be made is is great, but just the problem I just keep having is just nobody has vision. No one can see like, oh, we got to put it work in now so we can make a lot of money in the near future. Everybody yeah. thinks it's money now, money now, or else not worth the work. Right. And it's like, oh well, you, you'll never fucking start and finish a project. So is that is that your? Would you say that's your career goal? Like, what are your career goals right now? So. You know, like the porn, it's in its twilight phase. So with Dom Gang, you know, I'm looking to establish some new faces. You know, I'm 33. Uh, I would like to get some more liked mine, younger individuals, male and female and trans. I don't, it's not just a male thing. Yeah. Uh, You know, like going with the program, uh, kind of like be at the face of consent and, and just common sense and logic uh for the younger generation that's the porn side that's the dom gang side uh you know i have goals within my musical pursuits that i'm doing as well i just uh passed my my class exam for my real estate license so i gotta go get go get tested for the exam for that get my real estate license good luck Uh, you know, I'm involved in the crypto aspect as well. There's just, there's like there's a lot of things. You know, I got I got a family too. You know, I have a uh, uh, my mom's always been important in my life, and whenever I can and I'm in position to, I've always been helping my mom. Good. That's that's, good. that's you know another thing that really hurt me about my career too is because not only did I take ten plus years to build a career where I was able to be loud and boisterous on the benefit in behalf of my peers but the career I was building as well was allowing me and purposely like to help take care of somebody important to me 
That's good. That's good. So like when it all got taken away, it was just kind of like, kind of like just a punch in the gut extra. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of goals. Did your mother did your mother always stand behind you and with your uh, your ventures or what? The good thing about my mom uh, was that her only thing is that I'm happy and healthy. Ah, that's cool. So it's not like maybe I had the best like uh, role model or guidance from her, but at the very least. Uh, my mother wasn't someone who attempted to stifle me from uh, going after things I felt strongly about. Okay. That's cool, man. As long as that she, you had her support. I mean, whether she was agreed with what you were doing or not, that's always yeah. cool. That's yeah. Cool, man. Yeah, it's been, it's been nice. She know, and she knows every aspect of what I do. She doesn't know. <laughs> she really doesn't like have a, an understanding of like where my porn career career went as yeah. far as like just how like globally it like actually became something yeah. she doesn't have like a, an understanding of that she just knows that i do porn you know i do sex work i do live performing and um i yeah you know they travel alone a lot <laughs> to, to a lot of places. That <laughs> nah, maybe shouldn't, but it is. It just is what it is. So with your dom gang, are you just stickly? Are like you said, uh, you're open for like all new, younger, younger personnel, like men and, and older too. You know what I mean? It's just I yeah. want. Uh, I'm not for everybody. Yeah. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot of people who just misunderstand me. Mm-hmm. Um. And then there's a lot of people who take the time or have seen me or I just or, or know where I'm coming from. Uh, and I'm, I'm for them. Uh, but there's, there's a lot of different ways to teach. And my methods are not going to fit everybody. Right. So that's so another reason. Go ahead. With, with your team that you're, you know, you're looking to, to build, are you just looking for people to be in that the one genre or are you open for like all kinds of people from different genres when you say genres are you talking about just the adult industry no i mean say like bdsm so no and and again and again again, it doesn't necessarily it doesn't necessarily have to do with bdsm okay um you know to me a, a dom can just be a dominant personality type okay uh, you know, a dom can just be somebody who is put together enough and confident enough that they don't mind giving you the advice you need. Okay, nice. You know, there's there's people in the world that will that will uh, what's the the phrase I'm looking for? They will defer responsibility. Mm-hmm. Case case of point: two people walk by a homeless man and they see him struggling with something. Person A will walk by, do nothing. That's called, you know, def- deferring responsibility, deference of responsibility. They walk by, even though that person needs help, they expect somebody else to do it. Okay. Person B walks by and helps the person because they take the responsibility. They come upon something. They have the ability to do something. Nothing else to do. It costs them nothing. So why wouldn't you? Right. Okay. 
You know, like it's like it's like, it's like this. You know, you're walking down the street one day and you notice somebody tearing up and and not and on the verge of not doing so well. Perfect yeah. stranger, you have you can just walk up to that person, say something, and totally change their day. That's true. That's true. You know what I mean? Like it's and it's like the, the act of random kindness, like is infectious. Oh yeah, I agree, my man. I agree. You know, like one of the reasons I really liked being in Berlin was how the community naturally were just compassionate and considerate of each other. Really? You could just feel it. Just the fact like, okay, the girl, I dated a girl there and we're walking and she's explaining things to me because she lives there. Like one of the things they don't do, like if you're from there, you know, tourists don't know any better. Mm -hmm. um, let's say you have a bottle that's recyclable. You won't throw it in the trash. You'll place it next to the trash because if there's a homeless person collecting bottles, you don't, you won't do them the dishonor of them de dignifying digging through the trash, digging through trash. Wow. Hmm. Just like, and just like this, just the fact that as a whole city, that's like a, a thing. Yeah. You, you just grow up yeah, being cool. considered, you know, just, just little things, little, little, little fucking things. Yeah. Like, like all those little fucking things though add up so like to me dom gang i want to find just a bunch of individuals that like going out of their way to affect positive change within their environments that's cool man that's cool there's such a big meaning behind that that's cool and, and it, gets, it does get lost a lot behind like you know the fact of what my career is yeah but the people that really know me like get why I want to do that. Hell yeah, that's what's up. So I watched a music video the other day. So uh <laughs> tell me about your music your music career. Are you are you looking to do more music or make more videos? Like get assigned? I've been training for the past nearly ten years, uh, to be like a rock artist. Uh -huh. And uh I didn't grow up with musical influences. I, like nobody taught me how to fucking sing. Nobody taught me how to do anything musically. What's fucked up is when I got into music at 23, I had already had my back injury. And about two and a half years in, studying music theory and actually like starting, you know, the what what they'll tell you to do as a musician, the first thing you just need to know how to do is just to keep time, right? Just keep tempo. Yeah. So one of the things I just like, so one of the things about me when I was in high school, what made me separated me from a lot of people is I did little things every single day just to get any advantage I could. It, if it meant stacking my backpack with extra weight and walking on my toes the entire fucking day, I did it for four years, four plus years. I mean, like I did it. Like I just like yeah. things every single day religiously, any little thing I could. So like, you know, when, when I got told that by another musician, you know, I started doing it. Doesn't matter if it was my toe, doesn't matter if it was my hand. I started always tapping the beats and always just trying to stay on time, yada yada. Well, I had never been fucking taught that before in my goddamn life. Uh -huh. As an athlete, I had no concept of timing or rhythm. And yet, I was still like just pure raw athleticness and just desire 
was just still excelling. I learned about rhythm and timing and tempo, took some MDMA one day, <laughs> went to the gym and started running on the track and started like running as I was jumping in the air and scaring the shit out of myself. Yeah. It's because I was starting to actually get into like the tempo and flow of just natural movement. It was just insane. And like, I wish I would have had that mind body connection when I was younger because it would have sent me into like a, just a whole nother level of athletics with a healthy yeah. body. Yeah. Uh, so, um, as far as the music goes, uh, you know, it's been a journey and I've always had like the right ideas as a songwriter and vocalist on where my music should be going or how it should sound and the process of getting to where I can produce what I want it to sound like has been like up until now where I'm getting to. So the plan is to eventually go on tour and is to be able to get on stage live with big rock acts and uh, immerse myself in that, get my, my son around it, expose him to it. Um, and just be able to connect with people more, you know, yeah. uh, sex is one thing, but I feel like the way porn is, it's really hard to get across any, any real message with the actual scenes themselves. Right. Of course. You know, it's not until they come to us and talk to us after that. They're like, Oh, they're real people. Yeah. You know, but with music, as you're listening, it's a broader platform than sex because not everybody can have sex, but everybody yeah. can listen to music. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, so that's, that's the next phase. You know, for me, it's about building the platform, connecting with as many people as possible and just um, making your life mean something great, greater than yourself. That's cool, man. Yeah, with music, you can, if you have a message, you're able to deliver the message within the song you're trying to you put out or whatever so mm -hmm. yeah like you said it's a broader platform more people are, are open to music too like vice with the adult industry people are kind of like oh no i can't watch that it's against my whatever right you, know you can I mean? listen to music yeah so but Jax, i appreciate the time man i've i've held you for about an hour and some change now no worries no worries yeah, man just like you said like people uh people who don't know you have a perception of you or whatever me personally, just sitting down as a one-on-one, -on -one, man. You, you're a real cool, down-to-earth dude, man. So, I, I wish you luck with all your your ventures, my man. Yeah, thank you so much, Rob, and thank you yeah. for having me on. Hey, I appreciate that. You gonna do a, another book anytime soon or what? Uh, actually, yeah, I've been talking with somebody about transcribing an actual, maybe like autobiography. Okay. Um, the biography that was done, uh, the questions that were asked, um, you know, I I may have. I would have just, it wasn't like a full biography or anything like that. So okay. I might do that. I have some other ideas, but first things first, like I got to get my real estate license and I got to get, I got to help my mom. That's, yeah. that's like been like the major thing for me over the past couple of years is getting to a, a better position to help her out uh, when it needs to happen. Uh, but in the meantime, yeah, I think some things will happen this year. Uh, oh, yeah. you know, July, the world's, starting to come back to a little bit yeah so you know we'll see 
True. Tell us, uh, tell the listeners and the, the viewers what you got going on. Before that. Okay. All right. Well, tell tell the viewers and the listeners what you got going on, my man. Uh, well, uh, trying to get my music right now on Rhapsody and some other platforms, but uh, for what I do have available, you can just do Jackson Wheeler on YouTube or Jackson Wheeler on iTunes, Spotify as well, okay. and it'll pull up some stuff for you. I think uh, I think on Spotify I got four songs there right now. Okay. And then I have about five in the bucket that I want to submit for release. And my, my thing is I got to get popping on music videos. Yeah. yeah. I, I got the one, and that was filmed the damn week before the pandemic started. I mean, at least the quality of it's good. I watched it. I was like, it doesn't yeah. look like a little bullshit-ass video. Yeah, it's a good quality video. Man. You know, my one of my best friends, um, he's a reggaeton artist in Madrid. Okay. He's, he's fucking, he's amazing. Uh, I met him in 2019 in September, and he doesn't speak any English. When we hang out in Madrid, literally, we just pass the phone back and forth with Google Translate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Okay. But he, he hooked me up. Um, he got me his his producer to come out, and uh, they got me two female models for the videographer for him to shoot it and edit it. And for the two models, it cost me under six hundred dollars. Was my budget? Oh shit, that's not bad. That's what I said. And I got if you if you notice the music video, I was getting this done. Oh yeah, I didn't. I wasn't sure if he was actually tattooing. Yeah, you yeah. Yep, okay. he was. Yeah, damn, that's what's up. Two coats on that black. It was nice. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was a real coat tat or it was, was just like, a show. He did the first coat. I was like, "You need another coat on that." He's like, "You want another coat?" I was like, "Do it." <laughs> I was like, "I don't want to see anything underneath that." Okay. And so, and that that cost me only like a uh, hundred and fifty. That's what's up, man. Yeah, it's not it's not a terrible quality video at all. Thank so, you, thank you. Yeah, it was, it was the first know. professional one done that I did, and um, thank, thank heavens that the director spoke English and Spanish, because yeah. he was a mediator to speak with the two female models to let them know what I wanted. What's funny is, oh, uh, the okay, so you know when it opens up and that girl is crawling yeah. towards me? Crawling okay. towards you? Yeah. So I think... She had the Dom Gang gear on. Mm-hmm. Originally, the other girl was going to be the one crawling, and then I had to talk to the director. I was just like, I was like, can can the other girl do it instead? She has a much. Why? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's just going to look so much better in frame. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't want to ask it. <laughs> So you had your you had your homie. Ask. So I had the director ask it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's up, man. Oh yeah, it was a good time. I that's love it. Good. That's good, man. I wish you luck with your with your uh, your test coming up. And Dude, thank you so care, much. Take care know, of that mom, man. The festival's coming back up soon, so that's great. Yeah, yeah. All those so, rock festivals. Uh, yeah, hopefully you'll you'll be there performing at one. That's that's the goal. So I I'll hope you. There. I hope you do get there, man. If Maybe you'll be back on the show, you know what I mean? Later on down the road, talking about your music career this time. That'd be, that'd be amazing. So, Dude, Rob, thank you for having me on so much. Uh, nah, man, thank you. Thank you. You're looking, you're going forward as well. I appreciate it. And, uh, like I said, hopefully we can do this again sometime in the future, and uh, yes, we're sir. talking more about music. 
Yes, sir. Thank you for your time, my man. I wish you the best. Have a good one. Absolutely, bud. All right, later. And there you have it, folks. My interview with Jackson Wheeler. It's a good episode, huh? Interesting as fuck, right? Yeah. I know you're feeling that. But uh, I know I learned a lot. And I'm sure you guys learned a lot about the industry. You know what it's like to be in it. You know you got a perspective that no one else has, has really gotten before. You know, being on the on the other side of the lens, on the actual inside. Um, you know, you're used to just spank banking and all that stuff happening and all that and all that but whatever you know you got to you got to see the ins here the the ins and outs you know the goods the bads and all that stuff so it kind of really enlightens you about what really goes on it looks all hunky-dory but it's not really like that right so thank you again to jackson for taking the time out to sit down and you know just and just talk you know what i mean so for those of you interested make sure you follow um, Jackson and and his ventures. He uh, he has a lot going on, man. You know, he has a, a lot of stuff that that's for the good too. You know, like like uh, he was talking about the Dom Gang and all that stuff. You know, it's the perception of it is is something other than what it really is with the image behind it. So, shout out to him and uh, good luck to him and his future ventures. But if you want to follow him, all the the, the contacts are linked below. You know, you can follow him on IG, his uh, website, Twitter, you know, OnlyFans, the whole nine. You know, he has he has a book out there. You know what I mean? He's, a, he's an author, so you can get the book off of uh, off of Amazon. You know, just dude's, dude's got, got it all. So shout out to, to Jackson. Thank you again for taking the time out. Shout out to you guys for listening and gals. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. And if you did, please give me a rating on whatever platform you are listening to this on. Drop a comment, you know what I'm saying? Give me some reviews. You know what I mean? Let me let me know. Let me know what you thought of that. But uh thank you guys again for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of Yet at the Podcast hosted by the homie, West Coast Rob. I appreciate you so much for listening. Thank you so much. Have a good rest of y'all's day, evening, night, morning, whatever time of the day it is. Thank you guys again. And until the next episode, yeah, that.